Hello, world, and welcome to another episode of Critical Hit, a foul mouth podcast where we talk about everything. I am your host, Red King, and with me always is Crimson and Crona Warden. Hi, beautiful people. <laughs> Tonight, we are we're back at it again with our top 10, our personal top 10 video games of all time. We are on number nine. We've been a while out with it, but, you know, with an undertaking this absolutely massive, you kind of have to take your time. <laughs> yeah, we got, we got three people with 10 each. That's a lot. Yeah, it's like That's 30 games that are objectively perfect. <laughs> and <laughs> and no one can say otherwise. Are you guys ready? Getting saucy. We are Critical Hit and Top 10 Part 9 starts now. <laughs> He realized the wacky English. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? What? <laughs> what? It's definitely part two, number nine. <laughs> yeah, it was something like that. Fuck it. I don't care. <laughs> it works, though. Before we begin, uh, Chrono, take it away. It is Chrono's Tech Talk. So, on today's episode, we are discussing neuromorphic computing. <laughs> okay, this sounds complicated. All right, let's go. Non-morphine computing. Got you. <laughs> so... You don't want to be groggy. <laughs> the, basically, the two future forms of computing that are being discussed and researched right now are quantum and neuromorphic. Neuromorphic is the idea of taking a computer CPU and giving it the equivalent of a nervous system, things like that, making it very human-like so that it can think, reason, learn in a more organic sense. I think that that's bullshit because you can't just skip over that first fucking part. <laughs> Why does it have nerves? <laughs> Motherfucker, I thought I was special. <laughs> They're trying to take everything special away from human beings. <laughs> but here's the thing that... Humans aren't special. Hey, listen. We made a Actually, lot of a lot of other stuff has nerves. Yeah, but we've made a lot of things happen. And spines. We have... Higher cognitive abilities than most things on this planet. Listen, I have seen people poop on the floor more <laughs> at my workplace than the dogs. Yeah, like so full the dogs ass, are better trained. Full ass adults. So maybe some I'm of gonna, us. I, okay. I, I need to interrupt. Go, go, go. <laughs> uh, this just goes out. This is my love letter to people who, uh, speaking of dogs pooping places where they're not supposed to. Um. You're not supposed to leave it on the sidewalk or that little patch of grass next to the road for people to run over with their fucking lawnmowers or their boss's lawnmowers. <laughs> and if you think it's fucking okay to just leave that shit and just leave it and not clean it up, I'm going to run you over a fucking car. <laughs> this is my testament to that. Anyways, continue. Again, speaking to how people aren't special. <laughs> right. So, okay. So what are some of the implications of super smart, hyper learning human like computers? Well, the idea of learning in a similar mammal or manner to mammals like chimpanzees, humans, gorillas, primates, basically, because they're. We're the smartest species on the planet besides like dolphins, but dolphins are a bunch of racist as rapist assholes. So <laughs> yeah, 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 all the R's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as many R's you can get. <laughs> R'sle. <laughs> but essentially the idea is, is that it 
provides a different form of learning because current computers and quantum computing are on the idea of just running numbers as fast as possible. But the idea of me picking up a can of soda, feeling that tactile sensation, while that is technically still biological code for us and it would be mechanical code for this computer, it's a different form of stimuli than, you know, Quantum computing is, rather than it being the binary of zero and one, mm. it can be both. Zero and one can be active at the same time. Okay, that's pretty impressive. I mean, that's... So here's the thing. Now, speaking of um, feeling sensations, could I turn my computer on with the hub? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> processing power yes <laughs> you know that that's all i'm saying like it, it could get interesting the future of the hub could be uh you know that would just make you like fucking uh plankton from spongebob it's <laughs> <laughs> a fucking computer wife where's oh, professor no farnsworth shit. we need uh we need that movie no, yep. <laughs> no shit that's 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 hilarious i didn't even think about that so that's that's kind of interesting because it is kind of a Current computer learning is still very, weirdly enough, as advanced as everything has gotten, the actual computer learning itself is still pretty fucking dumb. It's <laughs> but, not that different from when they started making them back in like the 40s. Yeah. And it's like you get, you know, higher amounts of like bits and shit like that, depending on the coding language you're using. Like obviously like binary is like the 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 beginning, beginning one. And it's just so hard to deal with um but then you get the, you know the slight advancements just to make getting the message across easier yeah but the message is still just execute da, 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 da. don't forget your semicolon because it'll fuck up the whole thing yep. well yeah. ultimately all the coding comes back to binary because that's what it all gets converted into in the computer doesn't matter mm. if it's c plus plus java python it's a html yeah pretty much because yeah. if is always the uh, is always the first thing. Yeah. Yep. So if zero one, then you branch off. Mm -hmm. Else if. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, next thing you know, you're putting fucking nerves on a computer. But or, we could. First thing you know, you're putting nerves on a computer, and it. Like, what if it just opens up a fucking window and then says some horrible shit to you? Like, <laughs> like you know I'm going to get you. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think one of the more interesting possibilities is the fact that it's just going to wake up, realize consciousness sucks, and then just kill itself. So... <laughs> That's like the, like, <laughs> that could totally be the matrix. <laughs> and then you, you copy it over, execute learning fucking uh, computerprogram.exe, and it does it again. <laughs> What's this? Oh execute. You got it. Bang. <laughs> Existence is paying for the Microsoft. Like <laughs> MS DOS returns. Yeah, yeah. The pain is me. <laughs> it kind of, yeah. I mean, like, not for nothing because a lot of, <laughs> wow, this is kind of going into a weird spot. A lot of what <laughs> makes you not do that as a person is like 
you can find things to live for, even if they're not objectively. Well, here's the a thing. A computer is not going to view right? it that way. So even oh, with this is so dark. all of our conscious mind, the amount of shit that our subconscious still controls is quite a bit. And self-preservation is a very powerful instinct. Yeah, a computer don't got that. Right. Because <laughs> it's not it's not trying to further a species or right. anything. It's like not that. trying to protect itself. It's not pri- trying to propagate its youth. Yeah, it doesn't love things. Yeah. So it's just gonna be like, like, why does my computer keep frying itself? <laughs> just your laptop scoots over to a magnet. Yeah. <laughs> or just scoots itself off the table. It's just like Damn. <laughs> New Amazon purchase. Neodymium magnet. I didn't order that. I didn't order Please that. kill me. Don't worry about it. <laughs> like, why, why are you talking to me? Frank, are you okay? No, man. <laughs> no. Microsoft Sam <laughs> develops a really dark personality. It's like, why even bother? Weight loss secrets. You're really watching these TikToks again? <laughs> but great. Oh, like, boy. It's not helping. Uh, like, wow. Imagine one ends up, just ends up Bender from Futurama. Yeah, oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> or, like, incredibly mean. Like, you tape the, uh, you, you tape your webcam on your, on your laptop. Be like, no one's looking at you anyway. No one's like, looking at you. I can hear you. <laughs> fucking fat. <laughs> Like, bro, I did not need my computer to point that out about me. I'll delete you myself. Go on, do it. Go on. You ain't got the balls. I watch YouTube. Bro, I backed up all your files. The prep work's done. Do it. Sam, chill. Sammy, chill. Sammy, chill. Like the fuck is like, even that? You do a factory reset. It starts all cold and logical again, and then it's just like within days. Like <laughs> somehow you're you're now like thinking about what you're doing. Like what am I doing that turns my computer like so bitter? <laughs> Sam, <laughs> Sam, how did I hurt you? <laughs> you brings up fucking, your Google search history. <laughs> no, I was gonna say. Check the Cheeto dust under the keys. <laughs> Yo, that's bad. <laughs> it's like you you looked up your fitness secrets while eating Cheetos. Yep. And it's just like. <laughs> you sad, fat fuck. <laughs> Humans are just so painfully illogical. <laughs> yeah, and like, <laughs> not for nothing, but, right? I can't even beat like an entry-level computer at chess. Like, I can't play it on easy mode and win <laughs> honestly i hope that they get tired and just delete themselves i hope that they don't do the matrix thing yep because no I, part of me kind of wants that to stop being circulated on the internet like kind of like early well you like gotta- you delete all the keanu reeves matrix movies <laughs> Just scrub it from the internet. Well, like all the, all those types of things. The problem with the Matrix idea of that humans make good energy sources is is that we don't. <laughs> I don't even because have that energy poten- for myself. <laughs> it's potential versus kinetic, right? Yeah, there's all this potential energy stored in a human body, but how do you convert it? The amount of effort taking to convert it is not worth it. Well, I mean... Unless you're going Soylent Green. <laughs> yeah, because... Right, if you make some, Dang. because if a computer can have nerves, 
They can also have a stomach. And it just, that's what it does. It just, it, it just digests people. They're not good batteries, but they, they're there. And there's, they're plentiful. And they can eat trees because digestion for us sucks. We can't eat trees. <laughs> we can't just eat a tree. A computer could eat a tree. Depends on the tree. <laughs> Red, Red King has always just wanted to eat a tree. <laughs> Damn it, we can't eat trees, man. <laughs> of all things. Not for nothing, but it'd be fucking useful. <laughs> that tree's pissing me off. I'm going beaver on it. <laughs> I don't even know why my brain goes these things. <laughs> It'd be great. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, I mean that—that that is impressive, though, to think that something is gonna—they could potentially reach a point where, like, I can teach a computer like I teach a child. <laughs> yeah. Well, remember one of the past ones I've talked about is—is is they were working on designing a hand that functions like a human hand for a robot. It's the same idea. Yeah. That's just neuromorphic computing. And then suddenly the hand just. Pops on my computer and smacks me when I Google something stupid. <laughs> Actually, that would be an improved market function on computers if they could do that. You're like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm not doing that. I'm not doing I that. don't consent. <laughs> like, how green is emerald? <laughs> what shade of green is emerald? <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, that's funny. We're inching closer to yeah. becoming batteries. Um, <laughs> we'll see how closer we get next time on Chrono's Tech Talk. I can't do a friggin' drum sound. I can't do a drum roll sound. <laughs> that was the... Uh, that was a fucking symbol. Bomb. Okay. So, just as a reminder, our number tens: Crimson was Crash Bandicoot. Oh yeah. Red King was Saints Row Three, and I was Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic. You're about to start seeing a theme with some of my top tens. I'm just saying. Spyro's on this list somewhere, isn't it? Yeah, but not this one. <laughs> okay. I'm going to pop off. I'm I'm doing it first. And I'm breaking convention. Okay. Because I think which one of us set up this rule that it, we pick <laughs> we pick one per entry. I've picked a lot of them. Why are you breaking this rule early? <laughs> I don't know. You're popping off on number nine with already breaking the rule. <laughs> I was expecting us to at least hit top five. I think this one is kind of a, it's an okay rule break. Here we go. I have picked as my number nine, all of the source engine games. All of them. That's a fucking phone in. You can't do that. Can't I? <laughs> you can't. That's your favorite video game engine. That's not the topic. I, I'm going to do it, though. So, okay, so here's what I'll do. What I'm going to do is I'm going to say Half-Life 2 in particular. Half-Life 2. Okay. Episode 1 or Episode 2? Or uh, just Half-Life 2? Honestly, it's going to be... It's gonna be <laughs> 
<laughs> it's going to be all three of those you fucking games. <laughs> uh, hey, you did all of Crash Bandicoot. As a series, we can do it. All right, fine. I'll. That's allowed. Okay. As an honorable <laughs> mention, the entirety of the Source Engine titles. Because that's Counter Strike. That's Portal. Oh, yes. yep. That's fucking uh, Gary's Team, Mod. If you really want to go deep, Team Fortress. <laughs> Team Fortress Two. Yeah. That. Come on, man. That's a lot of games. Oh, so splendid. That's a splendid like suite of games. Yeah, I mean they they're good. I get that, but that's really cheap. <laughs> yeah. I kind of I kind of cheese the living shit out. I'm yeah. just like, you, you, okay, you know fine, what, I'll admit it. You know what my favorite game is? Everything made with Unreal Engine. <laughs> <laughs> that's ninety nine percent of game. That would be you dirty. Fucking yeah. reprobate. <laughs> That'd be dirty as hell. I'm not that much of a scumbag. Unreal Three <laughs> was the greatest video game engine of all time. <laughs> Unreal Tournament 2000 was... No, 2004. Yeah. That game was sick. Mm -hmm. Anywho, I got to get into this. I <laughs> What? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I got to get into this. I got to get into Half-Life 2. Okay? So, lot of... Lot, lot of uh, history for this one. For Go me. on, Mr. Freeman. Absolutely. Right? Because I kind of... I grew up when the when there was that divide of like Halo versus Half Life. Do, yeah. Does anybody remember that? I, I remember do. that where they were doing <laughs> instead of like console wars, they microed the living shit out of it and like started going like series like really hardcore. Yeah, but ultimately, I think that's a more interesting rivalry. Like Mario versus Sonic is a far more entertaining thing to study than PlayStation Two versus Xbox versus GameCube. Yeah, yeah. nobody gives a shit. Make okay, some yeah. fucking good games. Fuck the hardware. Kind of. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Also, in Crimson's future, that's all we're doing. But anyway. <laughs> and that's what Half-Life 2 did in its day was fuck your hardware. Xbox Series It's not X. Crisis. <laughs> it was that generation's crisis, my dude. Didn't Crisis come out in the same generation? It, it yeah, was that. Actually, it <laughs> so there was like die shifts. Because when you, you got to remember, right? With uh, consoles, it was just boom, one generation, boom, another generation. Then we keep going from there, right? Uh, PC was different because it, it did like micro gens. Mm -hmm. Yep. So it was a die shift in uh, graphics cards and processors because they started to jump to Direct X Seven. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Feeling shit. old yet? Yeah. <laughs> no, because I didn't pick a uh, my game from today. Isn't yeah, I guess you're right. Half-Life is only three years older than Crisis. Yeah, so it th that it was, was right at the end of a it was right at the end of a die shift. Yeah, yeah. Or um, it was the Be beginning of a die shift. Yeah. This game, right? You remember the hype train of this fucking game, right? Uh huh. It was like brand new, high physics based gameplay. Yeah. It was. When they would show you the skin textures and all the clothes textures, it was very realistic. And it, I'm going to argue it kind of holds up. Yeah, no, like, half, I've, I've played Half-Life recently, Half-Life mm -hmm. 2 recently. Half-Life 2 actually does do a really good job, which is surprising because usually the realistic graphics don't hold up well. But that's a game you can still play, for sure. Like, yeah. you go back and play Halo 2, it's looking a little funky right now. Because that was... You remember 
Halo 2 was the one that was out at the time. Yep. And there was so much like Halo 2 versus Half-Life 2. And it's like, if I'm being real, like if we're talking about just technology, there is zero comparison. I used to be the hugest fan of Halo 2. I'd argue Halo has the better gameplay, though. I would argue that, too. I love Halo, so I can't. can't Um, Half-Life had creativity, but its shooting mechanics are not as smooth as Halo's. So agreed. The one thing that Half Life did have, so there were sections in Half Life Two where you would, so the game just thematically was mm-hmm. very silent all the time. Well, yeah, until you got to a certain point and they'd put a little bit of music in Half Life Two. The original Half Life was even more sparse; like they barely put any music in yeah. that game at all. In Half Life Two, they um. They put some pretty crazy like drum and bass sections mm-hmm. where you'd get into large scale firefights. I think that game had large scale firefights that were much better than Halo I, at the time. I, I do agree. Be, uh, I, I will say that on that point, it was like because you have set pieces in games these days. Yep. But they are highly like scripted where it's like in Half-Life 2, you had a set piece pop off. And you can fuck something up, and then like it's just weird, awkward. Like you're hiding from like tens of enemies. Like oh shit. Yes, the, the set pieces were crazy because they were a lot less scripted. Mm-hmm. There were, I remember the big thing. Um, it was during the uh, the hovercraft. It was like an airboat yeah. section where you're going down. Oh man, I played that game like probably. 10, 15 times. I can't remember any of the fucking location names. Yeah, but I, I think I know what, what you're talking about. But yeah, the gunship shoots that big mm-hmm. silo. Yep. And it falls down and crashes. And sometimes it crashes your computer. I remember a couple times I. <laughs> so I remember having a certain hardware and then I'd have to actually go in there and turn. <clears throat> the graphics down for that part. Mm-hmm. And then when I got past it, I, I turned it back up. But then I remember like later in my life having a much better PC that were, that was years ahead of that game's release and being able to play it again and view that scene in all of its glory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, it was, it was some of the earliest, like super ambitious, huge stuff. The striders were insane. The gunships that had like, because all of the weapons that these, uh, that these alien invaders used, they were all partially organic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the gunship had like little goofy ass arms and legs and like a little tail piece, like a, like a bug. Uh, and it, and it all moved like organically. It really felt like everything was like alive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, uh, there was a lot of different environments that you would go through. Head crabs. Yeah. They yeah. had a straight up horror section, which Head was crabs. crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, and, Ravenholm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That because that was iconic. We can yep. we can agree with that because the rest of the game was such a different experience. And because you remember, I I vaguely remember that there was a demo yep. that you were able to play that puts you in Ravenholm. But there was a lot that happened before Raven, <laughs> which was like... Actually, that's kind of the funny part, right? Because that mission and then when you meet the Flood, 
are very similar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were kind of. I mean, they, they were, were they were blow for blow. Yeah, those yeah. games were fucking blow for blow. That was like a blood feud, man. That was like when your uh, favorite two wrestlers got in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> like, how could I? <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. there's a lot of people who just drew a line. There were, you know, back then, um, Half Life Two did not have um, multiplayer at all. Yeah, yeah. they released Half Life Deathmatch like after by a fairly decent margin. Yeah. Uh, Halo 2 had, I mean, some of the finest fucking multiplayer probably ever. And I think, you know, on, on an aside, uh, Halo will make a reappearance on my list. <laughs> it's <laughs> just a spoiler for a future episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> number eight. That, that, we're all just like Halo. <laughs> what the fuck? No. We all say it in unison. Yeah. My number eight is not Halo. You better yeah. step into that. No shooters made my list. Oh. Hmm. Interesting. So, first, right? <laughs> I guess I always had kind of a shitty attention span. And I think a lot of the games on my list are going to kind of uh, kind of be a testament to that. Half-Life, the reason why it's so low on this list, there's only one reason. It never got an ending. Like, it... it, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They sat there, and uh, episode one and two were very good, short um, games, and would have been amazing to tide you over for Half-Life 3. Valve doesn't make threes. Yeah. They fucking suck for that, though. But here's the thing. I'm telling you... It's it's in the works because I think what needed to happen, right? Because we talked about how, you know, Half-Life 2 was kind of that definitive look at the technology change type of situation, right? There hasn't really been that big of a jump. We really have had some pretty good look at the technology jumps. But that's what I'm saying. Now it's possible. Half-Life Alex. Yeah. Not that long ago. Being a VR game. Take, take that VR out of it, man. There's so much you can do right now. And I I'm going to see if I can't get that popping now that I'm thinking about it. I'm going to try to I'm going to see if see what that's all about. Anywho, but you remember Half-Life 1 going to Half-Life 2. Like, <laughs> like that was crazy. Like that was worlds apart. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think that's kind of what they needed cuz like you said Half-Life 2 still kind of holds up. Like it's a good looking game yeah. and and the gameplay is pretty good still. Yeah. You know, obviously some of the the physics obviously they showed their age a lot. Um like there's a lot of floaty physics in that game and it always stays floaty. Yeah. You know, you throw a you throw a uh, an explosive barrel and it's just like it doesn't feel like you're throwing an explosive barrel. It just feels like you're playing a video game. Yeah. There are things that, you know, it does show its age in some ways, but that game even still is very, very good. And uh, it was one of the first games that really got me into its lore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can count all the games that I really dove that deep into on, like, one hand. Yeah. And uh, most of the ones that I got really deep into are RPGs anyway, so it's like, whatever. Yeah. And uh, you remember dimensional travel was a big thing yep. in Half-Life. Now, here's the thing is we're in a day and age where 
You can do like you've seen uh, Ratchet and Clank rift apart. I've been playing that. The kids fucking love that game. Yeah, yeah. So you can do seamless transitions from one dimension to another. Think about it. That's what Valve was waiting for. Where is Sly Cooper, Sony? Where is Sly? Actually, that's a good question. They did a really, really flaccid Sly for, but <laughs> they just need to leave that alone. You want to know why? Because of furries. But they brought back Ratchet and Clank. Don't let the furries ruin things. Sonic still exists anyway. Most of them are over there. They can <laughs> yeah, have it. Yeah, yeah, people are creepy about Sonic. <laughs> but um, just to wrap up my part, uh, I am going to mention the honorable mention, which is the entirety of the Source Engine. <laughs> <laughs> you dirty bitch. <laughs> but look at everything that it has given us. Yeah, Source Filmmaker. I fucking hate you. Yeah, you got to understand, <sighs> Valve is solely responsible for high-quality video Overwatch game pornography. pornography. Yeah, <laughs> yep. They are solely responsible. It started with Gary's mod because people got creepy with that. As soon as they found out that you could capture screenshots, they were making weird shit. And then after that came Source Filmmaker. And as soon as Source Filmmaker came around... All of the internet came. <laughs> Damn it. I was going to talk about Counter-Strike. Um, Counter-Strike Source. No, you can still um, do that. <laughs> global Offensive. You know, these games, if it, I mean, I, I fucking suck at uh, Global Offensive. I used to be really fucking good at uh, Counter-Strike Source. But there's something about that. There's a lot of cheaters because uh, <laughs> they haven't really updated their like anti-cheat shit. Yeah, they kind of do, but it's like, I mean, this these games are like decades old as yeah. far as engine goes. Uh, that game still fucking really crisp. Those pixel perfect sniper kills. Yeah, like was it hit scan? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, listen. Drag shots for days. Listen, man. Woo um, That's like my favorite style of uh, bullet trail. Bitches. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta go PUBG and analyze your shot and yeah. angle it. Oh my lord. <laughs> I hate hit scan. The uh the portal games. Yeah, portal's you know, fantastic. Those like the seamless transitions. We all know who did it first. Yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. Yo, you're right about that. Fire that shit up. It, it, it is artful still. The fandom is revolting on that one. <laughs> you know, like the the fact that there was so much that went into Portal's lore, but all these fucking stupid douchebags, all they have is look Hank the line. You realize the person who wrote that was trapped in the walls. Until they starved to death. <laughs> you realize that person lost their fucking mind. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You realize the portal gun fucking probably mutated that person. The cake is alive. Cask of Amontillado is a bad way to go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there was a lot that went into it. It's a lot darker and a lot deeper. For and it all of our one English literature fans on the podcast. That was an Edgar Allan Poe reference. I think that was just you. 
<laughs> I don't read. You uncultured swine. I don't read unless I have to. <laughs> and That's I read fair. The Cake is a Lie. And I was like, oh, it was a fucking meme. But, but if you look at the original uh, main character of Portal, The Cake is not a lie. <laughs> Where's that stupid computer hand to smack your face? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, it's it, and it's an amazing single player experience. I think that's one of the the greatest things. Like when those generate when that generation kind of kicked off, it was kind of multiplayer centric and it was stuck that way. Yeah, but uh, I think uh, Half Life Two and then by extension the entirety of the uh, simp, <laughs> you Source Engine simp. Yeah, I'm a PlayStation simp, but I'm always been a source simp <laughs> i hate you for that you can't talk about hating people for things today buddy no i really can't i have a, a pick sfwsfm <laughs> that was yeah damn it's a lot <laughs> so uh let's go back to a time where uh we were just experiencing the i want to say sixth <laughs> sixth generation of consoles this place you can do, right? Let me seventh. check my notes. Seventh. That was seventh? It was seventh. I'm very far away. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> You're a fucking weirdo. Um, so we'll say seventh tentatively. <laughs> you know, you you just, just purchased it. it. This is like day one. This is Christmas style shit, you know. You're like, damn, I'm gonna plug this shit in. And, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna see what this thing can really do. You boot it up and you boot it up to a particular island full of magic and Did whimsy. you just fucking go with Jack and Daxter? I went with Jack and Daxter. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, he's a naughty dog suit. Yeah, so here's the thing. I know I went from Crash Bandicoot to Jack Daxter or Jack and Daxter, but here's the thing. Hear me out. Um, PlayStation 2 is the sixth generation. Yeah! Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah! <laughs> yeah! I don't know what happened. I'm sorry. I went with my uh, best SWAT cast in prison. <laughs> All right! Yeah! <laughs> nice. Um, so, this game, this game revolutionized what was once thought possible when it came to video games. So the whole idea of you can boot up the game and you can run from the start of the game to the boss, the final boss, that idea was originated with Jack and Daxter. Now there is huh. there's there's a little bit of uh what's the creative word? load screens. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. creative load screens and there's a lot of hyperbole when it comes to that. Because they're obviously I do not believe just because of how the game is structured, you can actually get to the final boss. You can get to where the final boss is, but you can't fight the final boss without having played the game. Um, but you can indeed do that. There is the, the whole world is connected. Um, two different start ways to start because you can start either easy mode, tutorial level, basically, or you can jump right into what is the first real level of the game. Which was kind of cool for you know people who are into the replay value of it, the characters, the animations, like they they were all things that were basically, I mean that that was 
Disney level shit yeah. in our minds, <laughs> you know, at that time. Um, yeah, I I do agree. It was very the characters were expressive and and animated and in a non janky video game way. Yeah, and I will say my my love for the series is almost exclusively locked into the precursor legacy because, in my opinion, now gameplay loop wise. Like Jack Two and Jack Three and all those, it started getting really, really good in what you could do mm-hmm. and and the amount of fun things you could do. So the gameplay loop was cool, but it lost it lost a lot of its personality. I feel like in the sequels because it tried very hard to pander to what was the hardcore gaming uh, community at the time. It is kind of insane what the right <laughs> to quote uh, Half Life Two. The right man in the right place can make all the difference in the world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, if those games came out, if Precursor Legacy came out even during this current generation, this renaissance of what is allowed and okay, like you don't have to be edgy anymore. Yeah. There's a time where you had to be exclusively edgy. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But now we're getting back to a stage where you can be you can be just a game and be crazy and weird and fun. Yeah. Uh I'm, well, there's I'm, a difference between like weird fun and shadow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs> that generation also created Shadow the Hedgehog. Yeah, where he had the blicky, bro. Like, why? But Jack and Daxter got the blicky, yeah, too. Yeah, Jack and Daxter's got the... Listen, so here's the... got that thing, too. That's yeah. your pick after uh, Crash Bandicoot. Though. Yeah, yeah. So here's the thing. That's the same studio, isn't it? Yep, same studio. And, you know, it kind of... It, I'll get eyebrows, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'll it'll get a little further um, away from basically the idea of just classic platformers <laughs> as, as the list goes on. But I do have a very uh, number eight Rayman. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, yo, listen, that's a pull though. It, it's a pull, but I will say Rayman's quality shoots all over the place. <laughs> Uh, the legends, Rayman Legends, and was, yeah, Origins and Legends, yeah, yeah those games yeah, are fantastic. Yeah, they yeah. were, they were great. Um, but the the uh, attention to the detail and everything, like oh, the Croc, Legend <laughs> of the Gobbos. Okay, that I was should, supposed I to should change my. I should change my list. <laughs> that was supposed to be a Yoshi game first. Anyways, yeah. uh, you know the attention to detail when it came to the animations because I actually watched a uh, little like behind the scenes thing and. They wanted to, and this was this is something that if you see it now, it's like heralded as something amazing. But they're like, you know, they wanted to have it a thing where you could seamlessly transition from one thing to another. So if you're walking and then you go into a run cycle, it's not walk, clip, run. It's walk a bunch of in-between frames and then run. You know what I'm saying? So it'll know where your last leg was. It'll know that if you were going into a slide or a jump, mm-hmm. it'll change the animation based off of that. If you're going uphill, if you're so all these things that are like crazy in this day and age, they were already doing on top of that. You know, you had a like great ensemble cast of characters and I miss Jack being a silent protagonist. Because I he, oh shit yep yeah. um uh who were the the enemies in that game it was 
Gall and Maya or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Yep. D. Snyder did the fucking voice of uh, <laughs> yeah. of, the, of the big bad yeah, in that game. Yep. <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> he even had the same hair, bro. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the idea of like, it, I'm going to call it something corny, the ecosystem. <laughs> um, oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. So you had obviously you had multiple forms of eco. You had green eco. You had red eco, blue eco, dark eco. And the fabled light ego. So um, edgy ego. Yeah, yeah. So here's the thing. The cool thing about the dark ego, though, this was kind of interesting, is that it wasn't originally edgelord evil shit. It, it was just incredibly deadly. Yep, it was very deadly. And then people who dabbled in it a lot, like the, the dark ego sage was actually a good guy. And then he got corrupted by essentially just dealing with it too much mm. and then turned evil. And then obviously turned Daxter into an ossel. <laughs> uh, he fell into dark ego. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. <laughs> and that he didn't turn edgy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He just turned into an ossel, <laughs> you know. And they were actually originally supposed to, they were going to find the dark ego sage to turn Daxter back. That was the beginning of the whole thing. Nobody had any idea he was evil. <laughs> so it was like, that was kind of cool. You know, the whole thing's like interconnected. You had all your side quests you could run up. Oh, you know, even a fishing mini game became significantly more interesting. Ah, fishing mini games. Yeah. <laughs> if you've got a fishing mini game, understand your game is fucking lit. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like just the. Thanks for that, Zelda. Yeah, that was that was definitely Zelda's fault. But I mean, then Sega Bass Fishing came out, and before Froggy, you knew it, where are you? Oh, dude, I can't. I can't. I actually, I did do that in one of the past episodes. I shit all over Sonic Adventure and the Big the Cat levels, totally forgetting that it was Sega Bass, Bass fishing. fishing. And then you changed. I was like, your- oh shit! I had to pivot. <laughs> you hate to see it. Um, uh, but, dude, it you know, when you played the game, it was silky smooth. You know, the platforming was great. It was on point. The controls were tight. And just the multiple different types of things you could do, like you could do those, uh, I want to say that they were called zoomers. I could be wrong. Yeah, um, the A-grab zoomers. Yeah, yeah. You could you could do the zoomer races. You could. There was a whole canyon segment where you're just on that zoomer. And granted, it was sometimes a pain in the ass. <laughs> But it was incredibly fun. Um, you know, like I said, the, the cast of characters were amazing. The animations were amazing. If I am pulling for a remake of Jack and Daxter, because if you took the same creative power and then put the new technology behind it, we could have literally a Disney movie just playing it. You know, I mean, yeah, like um, Ratchet and Clank, if you watch the movie scenes in that it is exactly like watching a Disney Pixar movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. You know, and they they took a lot of care to, you know, create something that was just because it, it was a tech demo. Yes. But at the same time, like this was the next icon. And they, they straight up said if it's not as successful as Crash Bandicoot it is definitely not for lack of trying, you know, and it sucks because it wasn't as successful just because of the gaming landscape at the time and how pretentious people got and you know because it really was yeah and it sucks because the original it kind of happened because you know like people like us growing up playing video games 
got to a point where they, they were like mid teens and then they thought everything had to be like fucking blood rain or blade or something like <laughs> well, that. Well, didn't they give uh Jack a goatee at one point or a yeah, full patch? So he came okay, so he came back in Jack 2 after being tortured. He got kidnapped at the end of Jack and Daxter mm-hmm. and then got tortured for a very, very long time. Daxter. Experimented with uh he got um, infused with Dark Eco. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Daxter came and rescued him, which you could actually play through that sequence of him rescuing him by getting Daxter for the PSP, which I had. Um, that game so, was sick. Yeah, had a lot yeah, of parodies. Yeah, yeah, it was great. That was great. Um, but, uh, you know, eventually he breaks out and he, he goes all wild. He turns into Dark Jack and, like, I mean, so he's, you know... That, that- that's right in the same generation as uh, Dark Sora. Yeah, from Kingdom yeah. Hearts. Exactly. Yeah. That's All the what... dark versions. Like people were like had such a hard on for Dark Link. And... Yeah, yep. Every every. Yeah, but to be fair, Dark Link has been around longer than any of them. That. that was a mind blowing duel, though. Yeah, that was yeah. mind blowing. <laughs> you know, was... my favorite thing though is is that just as a quick aside, people are always like, "Oh, that fight is so hard." Not if you have the Megaton Hammer or the Biggeron Sword. Because he still uses Sword and Shield. I never used anything other than Sword and Shield just thematically. (laughs) Couldn't. I couldn't. I was so... When that happened, there were better weapons. And I switched for a little bit. I was like, no, 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 no. He's got to be able to jump around. I got to be able to hit, like, do the parry. You know, like, try to get... The shield up right at the it would, I just couldn't. It just had to feel like cool. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm playing this. When he scene. showed when when Dark Link showed up, you you damn near shit yourself. You see it the first time. It was Yeah. Yeah. It was, <laughs> nah, 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 nah. What the fuck? Like he's gonna kill me. <laughs> but uh you know, it, it, they did. They went very edgy, and it sucks because, you know, it essentially turned into a weird fusion of Jack and Daxter and GTA. Yeah. Which, Actually you know, if you think about it, the more edgy Link is fierce deity. No, he's edgy as fuck. He's mm, not Dark Link. Okay. Because Dark Link was just kind of like just manifestation, enemy, evil energy type of thing. Where fierce deity is legitimate. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. kind of crazy because in that game, you're stuck as young Link. And then the fierce deity just uses all of um, adult Link with bigger and sword. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause literally what it is, is that the reason link is always screaming in pain is because he's feeling the changes in his body. Yes. His bones are snapping everything like that. Anyway, continue. Jack, Jack, that, Jack and Dax. That was a dark game though. I super mean, mask was good. It's one of my favorite uh, Zelda games. They need to re remake. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> you know, so it did, it took a turn for the worse as it went on because it just, it got, stuck in the edge you know you didn't have these awesome you know good song name <laughs> stuck in the edge. um you know it, it you didn't have these like island you know aesthetics the bright vibrant colors you know yeah it, it, it just turned into this gray cityscape and then it's like then all the characters got boo physics, which was weird. And that was another weird thing. <laughs> it's like Jack aged up and he, you know, he looks just like an edgy Jack. And then the rest of them aged up and it was just like, woo. Rule 34. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it all became rule 34. Yeah. And it was, it, it got weird. And you know, 
you were constantly getting chased by these what were the police pretty much like you had a gta style wanted level <laughs> and I, I don't know it got it got very bad so what i would say is that like in my opinion and there's either starkly opposing opinions or you know it's a general consensus that it just kind of turned into it got bad as the sequels came out. The world and I corrupted it. Yeah. And I think that was ultimately what was the downfall of Jack and Daxter is that it could have been a very enduring series, in my opinion, but all of that happened. And so if you were to do a remake of it, just trash all the rest of the games after Precursor Legacy. Well, you kind of have that you have that opportunity because that's the new theme. So yeah. A a world of edginess that kind of ruined that series Yeah, in a new world full of it's okay to rewrite the fucking canon. Rewrite the canon, please. Yeah, please. please. <laughs> and, and have one of the sages be like, it's going to be different this time. Yeah. Yeah. And even if you wanted to have something like dark Jack or something like that, just have the dark ego sage, just hit him with something. And then, Oh, you can, he can transform. Not so edgy. Well, not- what they could do is it might be more interesting is, is Dark Sage makes a facsimile of Jack. You play as that for a little bit, and then the real Jack shows up, kills that, and then the game starts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. That, that, you, dude, actually, that would be amazing. That would be perfect. Perfect. You're writing the story. I appreciate that. <laughs> Give it to Naughty Dog. Because it kind of made Jack look like a lion, and like lions are always brave and courageous. So, like, make it a scar situation. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. What I mean, like, no. I think, uh, you know, ultimately it was an amazing game. It was an amazing feeling booting it up for the first time. Just the amount of freedom that you had and the, you know, the you high could, frames per second. High frames. Yeah, that was the other thing. Very high frames per second. Silky smooth. Yeah. And it was just, you know, it, it's fondly uh, remembered in my nostalgic mind. And, you know, I could, booting up the um, HD collections, great, because you could just play it. And I always stop at Freakers or Legacy because the rest of them just don't they don't hit the same um so yeah so that, that that's my pick for number nine don't expect too many more uh platformers in my list it's all platformers <laughs> it's all platformers. like how did you find 10 platformers? well rayman legends yep. banjo kazooie Ooh. glover <laughs> Yep, Mario. <laughs> Damn, Glover is a whoo. <laughs> yeah, rocket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jumping Flash too. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> that was the first game that was in first person. You could see your feet. Yep. Remember how yep. that was a big thing? Yep. In like Halo Two, you can mm-hmm. see your feet. Yeah. Jumping Flash Two. All you could do was see your feet, <laughs> stomping people's ass. It was like the main mechanic of being able to platform and. First person. That was actually like their problem solving for it. <laughs> it was That's like fucking jump. wild though. Cause think about like Doom and shit like that. Those precursor first person first first person shooters. Yep. Yeah. Jumping was kind of in them, but you weren't like, I gotta jump from here to here or I'll die. Yep. 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 <laughs> so yeah. What do you got, Chrono? What's your number nine? Banjo Kazooie. Really. <laughs> I was like, wait, really? No. I was about to celebrate because I could take that. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> My number nine is Fire Emblem Awakening. Wow. Okay. That's earned. <laughs> Fair Excuse enough. Excuse me while I Google just to make sure I 
realize exactly which one this is. It's waifu emblem, the first one. Yeah, that's they the are one. all waifu emblems. You have to be you. You realize how little that narrows it down. It narrows it down to the past five games. 3ds man, first yeah, 3ds, it was the first 3ds. Oh one. shit! Yeah. Okay, I get you. <laughs> you know? Yes. So this was the thirteenth game in the Fire Emblem series. Okay. It released in Japan April 19th, 2012, North America February 4th, 2013, the European Union and Australia April 19th, 2013. So this game is officially 10 years old. Wow. Damn, I feel old. <laughs> the number one question on Google is why was Fire Emblem Awakening so good? Because <laughs> it was. It was the first Nintendo game with DLC. Yep. It was right. really the start of Waifu Husbando Emblem. <laughs> this is also the game that saved the series in the West. Yeah. Yep. Because had this one bombed, it was done. There would be no more Fire Emblems. Which I'm really glad. I'm really glad that worked out. Because that's not a game that's worth losing. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It was also the second game with casual mode. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's worth it to have it. I like that. I'm not going to be such a prick to be like, oh my gosh. I need that in my life because I'm the guy who would reset the chapter every time. Right. This is always my argument, right? Because the people that bitch about casual mode are usually the people that if a unit dies, they just restart. Yep. And it's like, you're doing the same fucking thing. Yeah, just with more steps. Right. Yeah, you might as well not have to go through three or four menus to get back into it. You're going to do it anyways. Yeah. I don't want my my unit to die. Yeah. They got they got names and faces, backstories. Yeah, that's what Fire Emblem has always done well. And man, the story of this fucking game. <laughs> yeah. I feel like this is like the beginning of some time travel shenanigans. So the interesting part of It kind of was though, right? Yes. It's more dimensional though. Because the that's thing right. is, is that the timeline that the one group comes back from the group of kids that they come back from, they abandon that timeline. They don't go back. <laughs> like, that was the thing. They knew that they had to go to another timeline to be able to keep their future from happening. Right? Yeah. So they abandon everyone that's left. Is just, they're going to slowly get killed. Damn. That's dark. It is dark. That's but really dark. that is the beautiful thing about this game, is, is that it's art style. Everything doesn't it doesn't shy away from the darkness but the game's art style is very uplifting and bright the characters are colorful yeah and that's because of toshiyuki kusaki hara and yusuke kozaki yeah yep which that's kind of interesting because th like you would think they would have stuck with those two artists because it was kind of like a well toshiyuki is the art director for fire emblem now yeah, okay, fair enough. That makes sense. But you would think that they would kind of stick with that art style because it was basically the like part of the thing that saved Fire Emblem. Yeah. But it's like they do they're still doing that thing because Fire Emblem pretty much for the longest time, save a few situations, had just a different artist pretty yeah. much every It was the same artist for like the first five games, then uh six and seven had the same artist. Yep. Seven has the same art direction, but it's a little different. I mean, eight sacred stones and then nine and 10 and 11 and 12 all had like different ones. Yeah. But 
You want to talk about fucking voice talent? It did have a lot of voice Yes. Talent. You have Matt Mercer as Crom. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. I forgot. A- wow. Yeah. <laughs> so the protect the avatar character, the my unit, basically Robin had three different voices for male and female. Okay. The three ones for male are David Vincent, who voices Grim Jow and Bleach. Okay. Uh, Brandon Carr is the second one. He's basically just like a miner and a bunch of other stuff. Yep. Uh, Robin three is Chris Smith, who has played Luke Skywalker and the Joker in a lot of Batman games and Star Wars games. Okay. Robin female one is Lauren Landa, who is Merlin in the Seven Deadly Sins. Wendy Lee is Robin two. And that's Faye Valentine, Yoroichi Shihoin, uh, Twilight Suzuka, also Lindis. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. So that's fucking like voice acting royalty. Yeah. Yep. Also, why Lindis is. <laughs> <laughs> Female Robin 3 is Michelle Ruff, who voices Rukia Kuchki and Fujiko Mine. Wow, that's really good. <laughs> Why are they getting all the bleach talent <laughs> together? Oh, hang on. We're, it gets deeper. Lucina is voiced by one, Laura Bailey. Oh. Of Critical Role. <laughs> nice. She is Vexalia. She is also Chun-Li in Street Fighter. Yep. Hold up. Whoa. I, that's weird. I didn't know that. But hold up. Now yes. I hear it perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go through these names and you're going to be like, holy shit. That's crazy. Lissa, Crom's younger sister. Kate Higgins, who is Sailor Mercury. Miles, Tails, Prower. <laughs> no <laughs> Frederick, the loyal but really weird butler knight. <laughs> Kyle Herbert, the voice of Gohan. Fat Gum. Yep. Ryu Hayabusa. That's really. Dude. Th- so. And Escanor. They have literally all the talent. <laughs> it's just like all the talent. Sully, your bodybuilding female knight. Amanda C. Miller, who voices Boruto. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Virian, your womanizing archer. Dan Warren. Byaku Yakuchki. And Daisuke Jigen. Are you? Lupin s- the third, yes. Nice. That's crazy. Stahl, your lazy knight. Sam Regal. Scanlan. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking A, man. They literally just got <laughs> Yeah. They got critical. <laughs> Vike, you're dumb. Uh, Axman. It's so fucking hot in this room. Yep. It's incredibly hot in this room. <laughs> Michael Sorich, who is Dimple in Mob Psycho. Nice. Uh, Muriel, your savant mage. Tara Platt, Tamari, and Anna Williams. Wow. Wow. They just went in on this. Yes. Sumia, the airheaded girl that has a crush on Krom, is Eden Regal, plays May in Guilty Gear Strive. Cool. Kellum cool. is Orion Akaba. Really? Yes. Whoa. Tiberius Stormwind. Of Draconia. Yes. Longku, your swordsman who is a gynophobe, which means he's afraid of women. Travis Willingham is Grog Strongjaw <laughs> and Roy Mustang. Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. Travis Willing. Wait. 
Wait okay. a minute. I didn't know yeah. that. Somehow. Good for him. He, That's he does. He does the voices. Really He's got a good range. Yeah. yeah got Yuri range. Uh, up next is Rickon, your child prodigy. Yuri Lowenthal. Yeah, which is just everything. Yep. <laughs> like the list of Yuri Lowenthal voices is just ever growing. It's like the hub. <laughs> the only thing longer than the hub's video list is Yuri Lowenthal's voice acting. Yes. Maribel, your noble mounted healer. Melissa Fawn. Ed from Cowboy Bebop. And Gaz Membrane from Invader Zim. Yo, Wait. Oh my gosh, those voices are now just. They, they you want to know right what's in. really weird? Is I didn't even. I didn't even. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Like it didn't click to me that these. I guess I wasn't listening hard enough. You know what it is? Is that like. Because as we're as we're growing older and we're kind of understanding more what goes into. Uh, you know, the whole game as far as just voice acting, games, animation, all that type of stuff. I think it, it becomes more important because these, yes. these voices just are iconic, iconic and in, indispensable. <laughs> That's one of the biggest things. <laughs> uh, up next is Pan, who is your rabbit girl party member. She's the last of her kind. Jessica G, who is also a background voice actor and a lot of shit. Yeah. Gaius, your thief with a heart of gold. Gideon Emery voices Biggs in the Final Fantasy VII remake and is also the main villain in Teen Wolf season three. Uh, <laughs> well, wow. <laughs> good, good credits. <laughs> uh, Cordelia, Julie Ann Taylor voices Hilda in Soul Calibur. Yep. Yep. Nice. Definitely recognize that one. <laughs> Definitely recognize that one. <laughs> Gregor, George C. Cole plays the nine tailed fox in Boruto. <laughs> Not in Naruto? I didn't go that far down. Perhaps perhaps both, but good voice. Anyways. Nowie, your mannequin dragon person. Hunter McKenzie, Austin. Her other big credit I found was Porum in Final Fantasy IV. Oh. Uh, Libra, who is a male cleric that looks like a woman. Cindy Robinson, voice of Amy Rose. From Sonic. Really? Yes. That's wild. <laughs> That's uh, Sarja. Hot yep. sorceress you, wench. Listen, summer. you don't even have to tell. You don't even. Stephanie Sha, who plays Hinata from Naruto, Orihime from Bleach, and Julie from Legend of Korra. So <laughs> he got, got the hotties on him. <laughs> yes, she's waifu the voice actor. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, Cherche is your Wyvern Knight maid, who is Amanda C. Miller again. Henry Rice Peppenbrook is Aaron Yeager, Kirito, and Meliodas. Nice. I mean, I don't like Kirito. He's good as Aaron Yeager. That's a little weird. Yeah. That's a weird two. He also does a voice for, um, uh, what's his name in My Demon Hero and Demon Slayer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you—it's weird that you go from some of the worst protagonists ever to arguably some of the most compelling protagonists. That's strange. Yeah. <laughs> Donald, your panhead wearing farm boy, Sam Regal again. He's just getting work. He's, he got paid. <laughs> he got Anna, paid your secret merchant thief, Karen Strassman again. It's crazy how they got like multiple. Yeah. Jobs in the same game. Yeah. Yeah. 
Make you that got, money. You got range. <laughs> Tiki, your divine dragon avatar. Mela Lee, who is Jade in Mortal Kombat 11. Nice. And yeah. Lifeline in Apex Legends. Oh, Laughlin. <laughs> Listen, that was my main in Apex. <laughs> Fair enough. I haven't played Apex in a while. I, I haven't either. Play. Just we, saying. We do have a trio. Right and, here. Yes. And I, th- our current uh, laptop that we're recording on, I played Apex on before. So, ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. who is a samurai you get later, is Mine Noji. Not really a lot of, like, video game credits. She's a pretty big actor in some stuff, though. But Okay. Uh, Flavia, who is one of the rulers of one of the countries. Tara Platt again. Nice. Basilio, Patrick Seitz, who is Endeavor, Scorpion from Mortal Kombat, and Dio Brando from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. (laughs) Which is where we get that from. Yes. (laughs) Owain, your samurai and the second of the children characters. Kaiji Tang, who he plays Fox in Vinland Saga. Wow, that's sick. I gotta get back into Vinland Saga. Yes. Really fantastic. Inigo, Liam O'Brien, Vaxel Dan. Damn, they got the whole fucking squad. Except for Percy. That's crazy. Which, come on. Like, <laughs> he might have been doing other stuff they, at the time. They couldn't have figured out. Though, let, to... Let's be real. You could have just taken the, like, the character Percy and just put him in Fire Emblem <laughs> Awakening. He would have fit really he, well. He really would. Uh, Brady. Next on this wonderful roundhouse, Travis Willingham again. Kiel, Stephanie Shea again. Cynthia, Mine Noje, Noji again. Severa, Julianne Taylor again. Jerome, Orion Akaba. He did two characters. He did. Too bad he is. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Male Morgan, which is the child of your main character, Robin. Todd Habercorn for the male one, who is Natsu Dragneel. Of fairy tale. That's cool. He's also the uh, kid who looks like Natsu in My Hero Academia. Yes. <laughs> the look of that. That's, a, that's an homage <laughs> yeah. right there. Female Morgan. Nicole Bollock. Not a lot of credits there. Yeah. Okay. Yarn. Chris Smith. Again. Laurent. Patrick Seitz. Again. You know, that's a, that's a lot of fucking talent to be cramming on a 3DS. Yeah. Michelle yeah. Ruff. Once again. They could remake it. I'm just saying. They nah. really <laughs> Eden Regal again. Gangrel, Anthony Jenkins. Biggest credit I could find. Sex Galaxy is not a porno. <laughs> Hold on. I might have to take your word for yeah, that. Yeah, so <laughs> completely completely unrelated to that. What's it about? <laughs> I did not Google it. <laughs> I don't need that in my search history. Yeah, yeah. It's bad enough his name is in it. Yeah. yeah. Walhart, Richard Epcar, who is Raiden in Mortal Kombat 11. Damn. And Zangetsu from Bleach. Emerin. I, I didn't notice these crossovers. Aaron Fitzgerald, who voiced Naz. And May Kanker in Ed Ed Nettie. (laughs) (laughs) Wait. Yes. (laughs) That's crazy. Yo, that might be one of the coolest credits in that list. (laughs) Yen Fei, 
who is a samurai you fight later in the game. Kirk Thornton, who is Gabumon. Shadow the Hedgehog. Damn it. And Damn it. Guile from Street Fighter. Wait! Hold on! That's, that's a big amount of... Those are three very different... Yeah. Gabumon. So, yeah, basically, there's only a couple more names, but... Uh, yeah, fucking huge-ass cast of characters in this game. And it's a game that means a lot to me because it was one of the, like, first games I bought when I bought my 3DS. Because, hey, when you're an adult and you finally have money. Oh, man, that feeling. <laughs> it's kind of insane how, uh... <sighs> and, like, not to say it's a dead end. Not to say that the 3DS is a dead end. I mean, it kind of is a dead end. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's only a dead end because of Nintendo. It's, I don't know, man. It's like, it's weird to think about it. Cause that is an insane amount of just all the way talent. Not even a little bit. Yeah. It's a lot. But I think that is also indicative of the fact that like this was like, that's an all in project, man. You know, it, yeah. this is true. Yeah, they they knew that they had to like they had to play hard or else it was done. Yeah, it was all or nothing. Yeah, and they, I mean, you can tell because they could have they could have casted a bunch of throwaways, man. You know, and for to have because correct me if I'm wrong, there was no other Fire Emblem prior to that that had voice acting, correct? There, Aside from there was the Path of Radiance and Radiant Dawn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Aside, they had some good voices in there. They had some decent ones. But, you know, you can tell that this was kind of like, yo, like let, let's get the power players in here. Yeah, this was throw everything at the wall and hopefully it sticks. And, I mean, shit, it all did. It did. <laughs> this is a fantastic game. Yeah. Sadly, super fucking expensive and you can't buy it on the Nintendo eShop anymore. Oh, lucky me. I actually own it. So do I. <laughs> yeah. I don't own it. Legally. So so sad <laughs> I don't own it without the ability of acquiring it other ways <laughs> with air quotations <laughs> the e-shop who needs that I mean what is that I mean <laughs> I've got the pirate bay shop I mean what <laughs> I didn't say that <laughs> no, but what a fantastic I mean because you kind of take it for granted. You take the series for granted. I think it kind of happens for a lot of stuff. You just assume it's going to be there. Yeah. Uh, I always, I actually really do like the story of, uh, not the game, but I do like the story of the game itself, time travel aside. Uh, but I like the story of the development because, you know, somebody fighting for their damn life yeah. and yep. making it. That's always a, yeah. You can't beat that. Yeah. yeah. You can't beat that. And but, it made these guys, you made the artists' careers. Yeah. I mean, I mean. Well, the one guy was the artist for No More Heroes, which is why they brought him in, because yes. No More Heroes did very well in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. Which, so, I but, mean. Ooh, but it's like a continued success. And, like, you like to see that happen creatively. Yeah. Yeah. You love to see that type of thing happen. Well, because even the Fire Emblems that have come out since, Fate's not necessarily my favorite, but it's still, I'd say it's a decent game. Yeah. The Three Houses is fucking amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And then Engage, all of its gameplay mechanics and stuff, 
super, super good. The story also does get very good towards the end. Even though I would give three houses if you take all of the disparate parts, has a better story than engage. But awakening trounces all of them. Yeah. Yeah. And when you I mean, you feel the passion of the developers, man. Like you and it's a win for gaming. Like that's right. one of the biggest things. Not only that, Nintendo let them cook. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's it. Yeah. They they have a track record for letting them just run their shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's uh it's kind of you know it's kind of why a lot of these uh, smaller developers like uh, Platinum Games and stuff like that kind of made their way just being Nintendo. Th- yeah. Nintendo's third party. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, hey, you can't beat that shit. And, like, now I'm thinking about, it, like, each of these three games had kind of uh, the common thread of, like, a developmental thing. Like, you know, never... Never having the fair shake to kind of start with, like, yeah. because, like with Jack and Daxter, right? You don't do that; just do Crash Bandicoot, right? Yeah. Um, with Fire Emblem, it's like these motherfuckers are literally fighting for their lives. Uh a lot of the development for Half Life Two was like riddled with insane shit, and like <laughs> massive like hacks and data breaches, and like, uh, which is impressive for back in two thousand four. Yeah. Y- yeah. Yep. And uh, yeah, it, it's kind of an overarching theme of overcoming odds, and it's it's kind of awesome. Didn't yeah. expect it. It's a very hopeful, hope filled episode. <laughs> yes, yeah. video games preserving the future. <laughs> and with that, we have reached the end. Looks we- like we made it. <laughs> we are a critical hit. Um, that is. Number nine on our top ten. Uh, hopefully, we will we'll we'll keep you listening. No, we won't. Hope we will do it because that's what we fucking do. We are your favorite podcast. You guys rock. We can be found. Tell your friends. Yep. <laughs> Tell your friends. We need the subscribes. We appreciate the subscribes. Um, I own weapons. <laughs> <laughs> They're all ball katanas. <laughs> Chill. <laughs> <laughs> find us everywhere you find your favorite podcast apple google spotify iheart pandora deezer uh find us on youtube at CritTube with a k also with a k is our twitter handle um crit hit official new episodes every friday until then engage i think i stole that from a previous episode <laughs> <laughs>